0: Thinky, thirsty, and over 30. Welcome to Afternoon Army, a safe place for grown armies to dish and discover BTS. We are four ladies who just wanted to know their names and now can explain the meaning of lachimolala New to Army? No problem. Come along as we explore all the important businesses uh, that Bangtan throws our way. Join us on the last Tuesday of every month as we hop in the clown car and drive to the circus. And stay tuned for shorter, snack-sized episodes between hosts and various correspondents. Because one thing we know is that content, well, it just keeps on coming. All right. Hey, everybody. Hello. Hello. Hi. So today we have Megan, Lexi, and Allison and me, Leah here. And we're gonna be unpacking the, the D-Day tour as a whole, but really with a particular focus on that last three-day encore tour that was sprung on us um at the end of the world tour about a month ago. So it's been Four or five nights since the it feels like it's been ten years, but <laughs> four or five days since the the last show.
1: I mean yeah. if you count if you count content, it's been two years in Bangtown. If you count how much content we've gotten since Sunday morning to today, that's neither here nor there. We're here to talk about d- day. I'm just saying it feels a lot. I'm so tired.
0: <laughs> Why don't you just give a quick rundown before we get into it of some of the things that have just like bounced out since uh, since the end of the show when he waved and walked away.
1: I can't remember the exact time, but for whatever reason, as it happened, like fate or whatever, Lee and I were both chatting on Instagram at the same time. And she said, oh, my God, is this real? And it was a letter that said, hello, this is big hit entertainment. And. Yungi ha- was going to, I can't remember how they word it, but it's like cancel his, um, his deferral, his referral, um, and make arrangements to start the enlistment process. And we all were like, no. And so we had a collective like grieving and there was a lot of talk and we're like, obviously we need to record. And then I don't even think it was 24 hours later that we got the, it was like, it. Four,
0: it was four and a half hours later, maybe.
1: Okay. um and it said layover by v and we just got this like clip and we've got some pictures it was almost like i felt like someone had like and forgive me because i'm not trying to drag anybody but like it's almost like someone at hype was like hey i'm just gonna go ahead and open the photo book and all the posters and i'm gonna take pictures of those and then post those online because that's kind of what we got um and then I think like it like spiraled from there. We got the content like every day. We got like a list of what was going to happen. And then it was like tomorrow morning you're getting a music video. Um, and that was Tuesday because today is Thursday. And then yesterday we got the music video and like more pictures.
0: I also forgotten that we had to get the albums.
1: Oh, well, there was a mad dash to buy the albums. Yes. And. There is a special edition Yeontan uh, album cover, which obviously I had to buy. I'm not even a dog person. I had to buy it. Um, So we did all that. And then yesterday was Wednesday and we got the music video. We got some more photos. Um, We woke up this morning. I woke up this morning and Weavers had dropped 23 photos from this. Oh, wait, let me back up. We also got three magazine covers that are coming at us, three different magazine covers featuring the Kim Taehyung um sorry I just my mind's uh, all over the place and so then we got the 23 photo drop this morning and then I don't know what time was that it was like one o'clock in the afternoon maybe ish two o'clock in the afternoon we get this JK for CK ad and I don't re- I blacked out I don't remember anything after that pretty
2: much Anyone
3: else? No, I think, I think you,
2: you covered it, but I think they're trying to bury us in mm-hmm. other
3: things because the speed at which this came out is just has left me reeling. I mean, that the This Is Big Hit announcement came out less than 24 hours after the end of the first show.
2: Let's which spend. is to very,
3: yeah. And that's very him. And I appreciate that. And I was surprised, but wholly not surprised when I thought about it for more than 20 seconds, because that's just like very benchmarky. It's very much, I feel like, how he does things. He I'm going to do the last show, and then immediately this will happen. So I understood that and appreciated that. But I felt like I needed a bit of time, um, and we didn't get that time. So maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it can help us um through this Mm -hmm. process that we now are going to have to go through uh five more times um so yeah i just needed more
4: time to sit with the concert itself because i agree with you like i knew that as soon as the concerts was over we would get hello this is big hit just because of who he is like that was almost less shocking to me than the fact that I didn't have time to process the like concert themselves and then had to jump into V content and then try to wrap my brain around JK and CK. So,
3: I mean, I think we're, we're sort of doing this backwards and I don't know if that's the best way of doing it, but we can get to it or we can talk about it now. But the last concert um, was something else and I think it was um, the level of emotion and um from from probably you I don't want to speak for all of you but for me certainly and definitely from Yuki <laughs> were very high and um I don't think I expected it to be that intense um but it makes sense you know I've been thinking about it um, too much. And to be honest, this has been, you know, the tour has been going on since April, but really for us as fans, it's been since February since he made the announcement and that that live on the 14th. Um, This, you know, it became a big part of my life for many months. And so I'm sure it was a bigger part of his life. (laughs) And so knowing that it's sort of a milestone and knowing in in his mind, knowing what's what's next and what's immediately next, really in terms of the release of the the, the Hello, This Is Big Hit um, announcement, um, I can understand why it was so fraught and packed with, All kinds of overlapping feelings but I think I am getting ahead of myself a bit it just I just it has been so long this has been going on for so long we planned it we talked about it we went I mean it's sort of like a chapter for me at least for this year that's that's closing at the same time
0: so if we could I would like to segue like I think that was good I like the framing of like let's let's start where we're gonna end but let's now go back to kind of like where this began, and this was rate. Right, was it on val? It was on Valentine's day I think it was actually on Valentine's it Day. It was on
3: Valentine's Day. Yeah,
0: it was February fourteenth. Um, you know we got the Weavers live, Sugar sitting there, and you know it's always a joy to watch him live, because he looks like sometimes the screen has frozen, and just intensely stares at the comments and doesn't even blink. And so he did kind of a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And Allison, like, do you do you remember watching this video or do you have any two cents to throw in on this moment for you? I just remember coming home from a walk or something. That can't be right.
4: I wouldn't be walking outside in February. I came mm-hmm. home from something. I saw the Weaver's announcement on Instagram and then immediately, like, jumped in with Tanya and was like okay how are we doing this let's go because
3: I was actually with Lexi right yeah yeah we were watching it together sort of I mean very far apart but together I was at work don't tell anyone and I was watching it in my cubicle sort of out of the corner of my eye just paying attention while I was working and we were sort of talking back and forth about how he was being himself and whatever and then he made his little um celebration noise yeah his like raised arms and his little yay and i was like huh i wonder wonder what he's talking about because i don't understand and then immediately leah you sent me the um the announcement there the official sort of poster for the first uh few dates like and couldn't believe it
0: yeah i'm reliving that feeling of what that felt like because i watch lives usually I have the live open and I have a Twitter stream open to try to get like the snap, the flashes of um, translations that, you know, folks who speak Korean are generously posting during the live. And so I tend to have like the screen small, and then I'm like looking between a few of the translator accounts I watch. And yeah, we saw him go, ah, and then it was like, almost instantaneously there was this poster and it was like is this real or is this a fan edit because at this point yeah. I have for things that are edits more than once but it wasn't and I can still remember that feeling of like oh my god I
3: had to go to the bathroom in the <laughs> stall to make noises <laughs> because I didn't know what to do like, I
1: scared I, I scared my family
3: Understandably, because
1: my it was early for me, it was early, yeah. so it yeah, was yeah, yeah. like 7 30 in the morning. Yeah. And I think Leah, your kids go to school earlier than mine, but here in my county, the kids don't upper grade like uh, secondary school doesn't start until like 8 20 or something like that. So, I mean, I was they were getting up, I was getting things together, I was like putting lunches together and all the stuff. And I get the, the text or the like Instagram chat after because I was like, what happened? It just like went away, and then I was like. Oh my God. And like, I'm dramatic anyway. But my kids were like, What happened? Who died? Like, what's going on? I was like, is going on tour and they were like oh god we're mothers like never gonna talk about anything else for the next year and I was like you're right but also and then it was like I had to put my life together to like go adult and get these kids to school when all I wanted to do was just sit and like chat with you guys okay I was like what am I gonna do what am I gonna do
3: I wanted to run laps and jump out the window and I am very um private generally speaking nobody at work knows anything about my inner life. And so it's not like I could tell anybody or do anything um you know obviously I was talking to Leah but there there was sort of nothing I can do. And I know by the time I got home I had like a, a almost like a crazy look in my eyes. Like I think I scared my husband a bit. I looked like a religious convert because I had I had had a chance to go to Vegas and it was too complicated and I didn't go. And um then Festa happened and the announcement that we were wanted for the world tour did not happen. And this felt like a chance, like a second chance. And, but it also felt impossible. I just never thought that they would do it, that he would do it. And I mean, that's part of what I think has been so amazing about all this. And again, explains the level of emotion of the last show is that he pulled this off and so well. And, um, yeah, 28 dates alone and there was a narrative and it was moving and there were bangers and there were guests and it was just, I don't know. It was like, he, he pulled off a, a miracle almost. It was amazing. So just
0: a plug for some other podcasts. Um, you can listen to a few we have how we got the tickets I think it's called like well we did one called living the Sweet life because we ended up securing a suite in Oakland so we talked about that with the suite manager and sales I think that's a fun conversation um, we talk about the concert that we attended together and so there's other content that you know since this has been going on for some time it's wild how much it's how long like it's wild in some ways to have him be finishing the tour When our component of that tour, we were the last of the US shows. Um, And so, you know, it just, it kept on going after that. And so, yeah, it just feels like in some ways very fresh and like it's been a long time for us in some ways, but I do invite anyone listening to go back and check out some of that previous content, because I don't think for the interests of what we want to get through today, we're probably going to unpack all of that again. Suffice it to say... We had a really good time seeing Minyugyi live. <laughs> yes, did.
1: yes, it um, was an, it was an adventure. Yeah, I mean it was an adventure for sure. We learned a lot, uh, but I don't. I talked to my friend well of course my friends in my real life not in my BTS life um you know they don't really get what I'm talking about a lot you know they're like oh my god what are you doing you stayed up till four in the morning again for what like you know that kind of thing and I talked to one of my friends last night I haven't talked to her in a couple of weeks and she is a big music person like me we talk a lot about music and I said uh I watched the concert again and she's like, so how many times is that? And I was like, I know it's more than six, like from like live streaming and doing all that kind of stuff. I said, but to really appreciate the concert and the music, you have to appreciate the mind. And that I think is like, what is so fascinating to me is that he carried this through the whole concept start to finish. And I think it's something that he's been brewing for a while because there's a lot of callback and there's a lot of foreshadowing. And, you know, you can listen to our other podcasts. You can, like Leah said, you can listen to the other uh, D-Day content that we have. We talk about um, the music videos. We talk a little bit about the album. Um, but I don't know that I'll ever be able to describe the musical genius um, that is Min Yoongi. I just don't know that I'll ever be able to express that in a way that somebody who's not in this fandom can understand. I can talk to you guys about it all day and you're like, "Yes, yes, let's talk more about it." But and I think for me the hardest thing is that the closed-mindedness around K-pop because I don't I don't know of another artist right now that is doing this and that anywhere i just don't know that there is another artist that is doing this maybe taylor like well that's
3: that i wanted to pick up on actually because i was thinking about this specifically right before we came on the level of appreciation around the taylor swift Eras tour yes compared to this tour i i am surprised honestly about the difference Mm -hmm. i mean they are as famous right yes he is as famous yes um in terms of record sales and all that i don't have a good explanation for it but i'm not seeing you know celebrities and stuff going to all the shows and the level of um it seems so universal the appreciation for Taylor Swift. And I don't I don't actually know Taylor Swift's music very well so this is not at all a judgment about about her or anything like that. Um but I've been really struck by it because there they seem to be the two there's the Beyoncé tour going on at the same time, but those are like the three big tours that seem to be going on right now. And the level of attention for Eras has been so much higher in popular culture and i have i have my suspicions about why that is but i don't want to think that that it's those reasons but i don't have any other explanation Mm -hmm. for it
0: i would like Um, to take a few things beyond just um you know white preference (laughs) um and so first, like the context being like, look, yeah, first it's in the West. Secondly, the side, like it's a full stadium tour, right? And so I would say that, I mean, has learned a lesson. I mean, I'm fine it was in an arena because yeah. after having seen BTS in stadiums before only, an arena actually felt like quite cozy. So it wasn't late, but I mean, could he have sold a stadium? Honestly, yeah. And, um, and then I think also kind of like, overlaying into it and this isn't to say that there's not like you know especially coming from like a U.S. standpoint like you know just like all sorts of different like race things at work all the time um not to say that like the Swifty fandom is racist by any stretch that's not at all just saying that like you know when we're looking at like popular culture and like what the media might be focusing on as opposed to other things not the fans themselves um is also there was just a really big story with the ticketing itself. It became such a media story of like that ticket master and the pricing and the journey to get the ticket. I mean, so I felt like going into that era's tour, it had a lot of media build up just because it was such a story to get the tickets and what happened with the pricing and everything. So I feel like that kind of circus element, every time it comes town, everyone knows about the tickets with Taylor Swift. So then people will tell that story, you know, kind of like rehash that again. So I I think some of that is me I mean like I don't think that's like it and that's going to put a bow on it but I do want to just
3: acknowledge I think that is also part of the narrative mm-hmm. not the whole narrative no 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 yeah. but I think you're right about the media preference like if I think about you know the difference between you see Taylor Swift's tour covered in BuzzFeed for example there's no whisper or mention in BuzzFeed you get it in Korea Boo and things like that you know it's just it's a different and I accept that, you know, it's not in English and this is the West, but I think they are as famous.
1: I, I do too. And for me, I'm a Swifty as well. Um, I, I love her music. I love her songwriting. I've been a fan of hers for a really long time. And, um, I think the difference for me is, the, and like, I love Taylor Swift. I love yungi Um, for me, the difference is, is that when she's on her heiress tour she is doing a body of work that she's had like her own body of work for all of her albums that she has put out and he has the big body of work as well if you count his work with bts but the yes she has taken a concept to from start to finish and he has also taken a concept from start to finish but for me with the amount that he packs into That like two hour show with the music videos and those, you know, that content and everything else, it's just mind blowing to me. And I only say that because I wish that he had that same exposure as like Taylor or Harry Styles, Um, because I'm fans of both. I follow both. I'm right in there with all that that content and media, too. And not because I think that he needs it himself just I feel as a fan he deserves it that's what I want like my I'm like I wish people could appreciate the mind of this musician of this artist the mind because it it just as we love Taylor's mind we love Harry's mind we love how they work I wish that we could love how Yoongi's mind works as well you know because I think that uh it's just really beautiful and it the storytelling, like everything. I just, I, I don't know. I probably will never shut up about it. So I'm sorry. Like, I just, I will talk about him forever.
0: I think that's something to add to it too. And this is again, like, it's not like a pushback or like a, well, actually, I think that like, it's just gotta be the acknowledgement that, I, okay, I'm trying to think of like how I wanna frame it. So part of it is, yes, I agree with you. And I also wanna say that, seeing that he does, he's speaking a non-dominant language for this country. What he has achieved is remarkable in that. And so should it be more? Yes. Like a hundred percent. And it is fucking remarkable how much, I mean, K-pop as an industry as a whole, but also just like this one solo tour that is rap. That is like heavily language driven that you're watching in a language that like, you know, the vast majority of the audience is not understanding, like as it's spoken, they have either read the lyrics and like absorb them or had to like do a lot of labor to get there. And so I just think that, you know, we are, we are privileged with the fact that like the language that we're all speaking is considered to be like the language of the world, even though it's not the language of the global majority. Right. And so, um, so just given that I do want to just still like say that what he did here is amazing. And I think it could, I think that when we see him again, it wouldn't surprise me if it's just more, although I'm like, how much more can your, it's also the question of like, how much more can your body do, but that I'm like, the shout out I want to give to Taylor, honestly, in all of this is This is a machine. Like, I mean, I do want to give a shout out to like, you know, you're out there holding that stage down night after night. Just you be a Beyonce, be it like, just when you're when it's just yourself on tour. Plus, I'm sure there's all these people listening who are like, we're not even talking about like all like the just like smaller acts that are just like grinding all the country
3: music. We're not talking about country music.
0: Well, I mean, that gross. Actually, I'm sorry. I'm just taking the one song, the one song that has tarnished for me at the moment. And that's not fair. That's not, I'm going to skip right over that. That's not even fair. Because one racist song should not tarnish everything to do with that entire genre. Let's go, let's just move this along now to, um, to okay, one question, just kind of like universally speaking of the tour, you know, we're saying he held down the tour himself, but he had guests along the way. So without getting into the three members that made appearances, who is a guest that you saw a performance of that you want to talk about that just like stood out to you? So, Lexi? Halsey.
3: I was just so happy to see them together. Um, they were both having a great time. It felt like a reunion that was a long time coming. We know they have a special relationship. Um, and I think Halsey feels welcome in that world in a way that not a lot of people get the chance to be. Um, and you know, like they said, uh, I'm in your house tonight. Um, I think it was a lovely moment, and they just both seem so generally, genuinely thrilled to be together. And it's not a song we get to hear very often, too. I mean obviously I didn't see any of this officially so I'm looking forward to whatever comes out of this the multiple bangtan bombs and um DVDs and all the stuff that's going to come from it but um it just felt sort of like a a bit of a homecoming for the two of them so I was really I was really happy to see that Oh and that she made this like really he- heartfelt uh, they made this really heartfelt post the next day on on Instagram and he just took that right down a notch
2: by yeah. saying that they weren't the same age so
3: typical
0: anytime
2: there's a little emotion tries to diffuse it just a little bit yeah anyone else have a performance that like
0: do I mean there weren't many but you know
2: he was so uh
4: selective I think would be a good of who he allowed on that stage with him and um Halsey for sure also Maybe not a guest appearance, but El Capitan, the last three shows, I'm going to count as a guest appearance because we get him on like the main stage and he was by far the best guest
0: we got. (laughs) Look, I want to say that I try to have compersion. I try to be happy for people when they've experienced something. Like I try to be happy, like, oh, Newark, you had Jimin, you know, Soli Jimin, great, happy for you. The fact that we had El Capitan working in the soundboard in Oakland is cool. We were so close to him. So close. The fact that he was not up at the DJ table on the concert makes me sad.
4: <laughs> With his glittery hair. He was... Oh, uh,
0: gotta, we love him. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, think we could do a whole pod just on El Capitan. Honestly. I think like, we should. We're we getting stand. there. Yeah. yeah,
1: Yeah, we totally should. Because the, like, club music remix of d-day is like let's make like put it out cut it on its own album i'll buy it are there lcap photo cards like let's go like i'm ready for it the other thing i was gonna mention i don't know that there were special guests but his band was amazing his backing band i love each and every one of them i think they're amazing i love that like a few shows in they finally were like oh okay like people are coming dressed up and they're bringing like this little stuffed animal brown thing and they're like there's photo cards because very shortly when he start like it was like two or three shows in he starts introducing his band members and one of them has a photo card or one of them has like a picture on their phone and then one of them has an ipad and one of them has an army bomb and it just it just really like blossomed from there and you can tell that Yungi appreciates them and then they just give that appreciation right like they love each other it's like a huge love fest um and I enjoyed that so much there is a clip from one of the shows where <laughs> Yungi's sitting I think it's like what the soul before the final but he's like sitting on the ground giggling as like they're doing their parts and it was like if you can make that sound come out of that man you're my new favorite person because he it's like very rare that he's like he makes that that giggle you know what I mean and so like it was the best I loved it
0: um if you want I I could just do a quick rundown of the group really fast of the Shiga crew you know stage crew so um first we have uh Young Jun, who played bass um so before being on tour with sugar Crew he was also um with uh Shiny before he's been with Epic High he's done um also uh Tomorrow Times Together TXT um and some uh EXO solo stuff uh Eric Nom just quite a few and um you know often had like the band loves Yungi sign which is cute cuz we love our fave getting loved then we had um Shin on guitar and he was also on the Jimmy Fallon show. Um, we see him in the Disney documentary, Sugar Road to D-Day. Um, and he also had that like yungi marry me sign. And then afterwards had to be like, don't worry folks, like I am married. And that's funny. Um, he also just notably on the side also played um, on uh, Jungkook and Sugar's Stay Alive, the song that Jungkook sang that, um, you know, Sugar produced. Um, And he started his music career uh, doing a song for the Boys Over Flowers soundtrack. Um, Then we had uh, Kim Ji-hun on drums. Um, And so he has been playing apparently with BTS for a super long time. Like, in fact, he was referred to as like an OG BTS like band player. (laughs) So has been around for a long time. And then look on the keyboard, the keyboard guitars are not cool and he knew it wasn't cool yet he made it cool and that was kim Chang-hung, um, kim Cheng kyun and um i don't know i mean the guitar is wild so he is a member of a korean rock band called d82 and they played on a survival tv show called great soul invasion like a music show um and they've also heard like they played piano in the background for a bunch of other groups then of course we have um, El Capitan, who has done a ton of production and songwriting with um, with Minyunghee, and has also um, participated in tracks like Telepathy, or that that, or My Universe, or We Don't Talk Together, which is the song that like he and Suga produced for Heise. Um, and he used to be in a K-pop group called History. I do recommend looking them up because. If you look at the video of the group that's on YouTube, he's at the front. His name was Jay Pearl as an idol. I'm trying to think of, like, this is the first time I saw it's grown. First, it's grown man action. He's the same age as Yuki, which is crazy, because I think where Yuki was at the age that Jay Pearl released himself We watched it all together during the D-Day show, and at some point towards the end when the shirts come off, Lexi was like, he has a turtle on the front of him. Like, it looks like he has, like, a tortoise strapped to him.
3: His abs were terrifying. We screamed in fear.
2: (laughs) Fear and respect. I mean, it was, and I'm not like an abs girl. It was like, what is happening?
4: There yeah, were but- many takes that I had to like, I was like, what, what has happened? And sometimes that will just pop into my head. <laughs> He's the one with the turtle shell.
3: <laughs> <laughs> there were know, too like- many, there were too many abs. There weren't six. <laughs> yeah. There were like 14.
1: Um, it was the, weird. Yeah. And the other thing though, if I could just add the, but like. That is all amazing. And he is amazing. But then you add in the fact, but I kind of feel like he's on like the nerdy side because he's like a meme king. Yes. So he is like posting memes that like I think are funny and like I would post regularly, but like I don't, I think like idols probably think oh they're lame, like our fandom like so crazy. No, he just like has embraced it 100%. And then um, Leah will like talk about this too. At, at any time, you can talk to Lee about this, but the fact that he just says, mm hmm, mm hmm, during the D Day documentary, as Yungi is just like being poetic about life in a boater hat, and you just hear this voice that's like, mm mm-hmm, mm hmm, mm mm-hmm. like that's it. I just, he's, we will have to deep dive him one day because he's amazing. <laughs>
0: Oh, I mean, I look forward to, like, a 10-part series, honestly. There's got to be much out there. And the thing is, is he doesn't look like he should be funny. Like, he looks kind of emo-goth. I mean, very, very good-looking. But he kind of has this, like, very, like, I don't know. I feel like he could play, like, Severus Snape almost, you know? <laughs> and yet he's post- Oh, well, Lexi doesn't know, because she doesn't know very much. But, you know, he he just looks- severe and kind of goth yet cute and like model-esque and then just yeah like you said post these dorky dorky memes that you know that's pretty cute
2: yeah
0: um and then during the um show itself um the final encore There were some people that, you know what, I think we should be, I think we're gonna be talking about a lot of producers and contributors like now, especially that we're moving more into enlistment. We want to be kind of like unpacking the BTS universe and we'll have time in the future. Um, But we also had Adora and June as well singing backup who have, I mean, look, sometimes I just, I would, I was glad to see Adora on stage. I wouldn't have minded if she got to like come out a little more just because I feel like we've heard her voice
3: on so much of their music. It would have been nice to see her a little more. You know, I'm an Adora evangelist, and I agree. I think she. I was really glad to see her there, and to you know have her mentioned and he plugged her album and stuff. So that was that was really good. But um, I think especially when she was still with Big Hit, which she's not anymore as a producer, she was really really instrumental in their work. So um, yeah, I think we should at some point sort of talk about the team behind behind the 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 gentleman at some point.
0: So we've got a couple that I know. I mean, there's quite a few folks that would be interesting, but yeah, I know for sure that like P-Dog, El Capitan, Adora, Supreme Boy, Supreme Boy, um, and more. But like, those are the ones that I have like at this point, probably like the most curiosity about. And if there's any others that we're missing, let us know. So before we move further, I want to do a couple. So we have... um. If you're really interested in kind of deep diving and dorking out in a good way about BTS, um, you can join us on the Patreon, which is at Afternoon A Delight. You can just pick uh, and join at the level of BTS Buzz, which gets you access to a Discord, which is all about chatting about BTS, getting to ask questions, getting to make friends, getting to not be alone in the fandom that brings us so much joy. So, um, I had asked a couple of folks in the discord, like, you know, were there any points of discussion that they wanted to raise about the D-Day tour? And so I'm just going to touch on one now, and then we'll do one a little bit later. And then there's a couple of questions. So one is from Katie and who was processing when they wrote this out. And they said, my thoughts this afternoon are what an incredible story arc. Everything he did up to the last show was meaningful and intentional Wait, did Suga just write, direct, produce, and star in his own K-drama? Hear my sleep-deprived brain out for a second. He set the stage at Festa last year, saying he would go never go on tour by himself. Time jump. February 2023, he goes on live to announce a tour. March-April announces and drops an album that is clearly a journey for him. His documentary, The Tattoo Secret, the radio shows, Satwita, all where he slowly talks more about the past and reveals more about himself. Then concerts where there is a clear story being told. Not much for conflict, except him getting sick on the tour, the tension of his last song, The Last, and walking out. But maybe it is more of a slice-of-life internal conflict drama than an external conflict. Then he nails the last episode, brings back all the characters to show where they are, and tied up his loose end and has an HEA.
2: (laughs) So that was a fun take. That's a good one. Yay. Um, And so, yeah, I think
0: let's get into so one of the questions that we had from Lena that I think we could um, move into is let's talk about the encore, and then the differences between each of the final three tour days. So who here was watching the end of the world tour. Just like, okay, so I see a hand up for Lexi. I see a hand up for Allison. Megan, was that a yes or a no for you watching the last night of the world tour?
1: Oh, I did watch the last night. Yeah, I, wa- I watched nights two and three. I did not watch the first one.
0: Okay. And yeah. so he announces at the end, so, you know, we're watching world tour everyone was kind of, you know, like, okay, is like Tony Montana, I guess, not gonna, I mean, whatever, like, not that I don't care. I really super, super duper care. Um, and then what does he do at the end of his world tour concert? Who wants to dive in with the, uh, with his little announcement he threw?
1: I, so put, go ahead, Allison, yeah.
2: He puts up on the, the screen in the most
4: ridiculous fashion ever the announcement of three encore dates in August. It was like straight out of a K drama advertisement scene prop, where it was just block letters, and is like, "Here's the here's the tour dates. We're doing three more in August."
3: It looked like a promo for a restaurant. Yes, or in. In, you know, in business proposal, they talk about the kimchi ravioli the same all the time. Like it looked like it was an ad for the kimchi ravioli coming out, yeah. and then uh, that was intentional. That it was sort of like jokey and the way it was, but it was very much the way it was. Like it yeah. was,
0: it was nerdy. It was super nerdy, yeah. but like adorably nerdy. And yeah, like the brand. And then immediately, I
4: was like, "Oh, thank God, we're going to get Tony Montana." <laughs>
0: So yeah, it my did, first reaction it, was that, and then my second reaction was like, holy shit, I have to stay up three more nights
2: and shit. not.
3: <laughs> it did feel like a reprieve though. And honestly, now that I think back to it, his, I, I should have, we should have known to a degree because his level like of, of emotion was like, it was there, but it wasn't even what it was in the first night of the, the final, mm-hmm. um, once, so it was I was just amazed i was like wow he's being so chill about this like but because he knew that it wasn't wasn't really the end
2: mm-hmm.
0: and you know he then he had some samsung shilling but he really went
3: underground right like we didn't see much of miyungi during that period that should have also been like, a tip that i mean he you know he does everything to the fullest right and so he takes a break he takes a break and so I wasn't surprised that we didn't hear from him but I think at the time and I don't know why I never understand that this is going to happen that they are going to leave um but I mean I I should have understood that it was his break before that basically so he you know Went to his brother's wedding, which we're not supposed to know and to have seen, but the whole world posted it. And he, you know, did what he had to do with his life, came back for a to a Samsung event, which is the only thing he seems to do socially now is go to Samsung events. And that was that was it. That was his break before the end.
1: I just have a really quick question. Do you think that he goes home at the end of the day and checks how many phones were sold every day because like i'm just i'm curious because i feel like he's so like invested in this project i feel like he needs he calls somebody every day he's like how many phones did we sell today
2: because
1: he loves that
3: he loves the stat stat. i'm
4: gonna be smart at all he's probably like can i see the sales reports i need the numbers please send me any articles you have about this
0: (laughs) Okay, so then we get like the invitation to purchase more D-Day shows. So at this point, also before we go any further, okay, so Megan, you said you watched, you think six at this point?
1: I think so, because I watched night one. I watched one of the Chicago shows. The two that I physically were present for, two of the quote unquote end of the world tour, and then the last two. Well, the last two. So that's
2: eight. That's eight. Okay. Have you ever yeah. watched every, one concert before? No,
1: never. Ne- even if it was on DVD. Like, never. I will say that one year, one summer I saw Blink-182, I believe it was the summer of 1997, and I saw them three times between May and October, and each time they played the same set. Different venue, same set. So, maybe. Like, that was three. Not the production this was in any way, literally three guys in cargo pants, (laughs) all those other times, this was something completely different. And no, I've never experienced that before. And let me say that I would probably if someone told me, I've seen the same show, eight times, I would be like, why? But every time I watched it, I was just as excited as I was, it didn't matter if I was home. It didn't matter if I was there. It did. It didn't matter. I was excited every single time I watched it.
3: When I watched the live ones and we had to wake up in the middle of the night often, my husband was like, but aren't they, they're not going to show them again? I was like, yeah, they're going to show them again, like, but not live. And he was like, well, why don't you just watch them then? I was like, you don't understand this at all. You have no idea what's going on. Just, just don't worry about it. Just be like, don't
0: worry. Don't even worry about it. You don't <laughs> have to wake up. It's okay. So Lexi, how many times have you, do you think you've seen the show?
3: Well, I was, so I was just counting. I, I was supposed to, so I saw the two that we went to, obviously I saw the two sold June twenty four, June 25 shows. And then these three, I was supposed to go to one in Chicago. I couldn't go. And I was supposed to go to the live or the cinema Japan show um, and I couldn't go, I didn't end up going to both of those for cat reasons, but, um, so yeah, so I saw it, um, seven times. I was supposed to see it nine times. And that makes me sound, um, de- let's say devoted.
2: Let's put in a positive light and say devoted. Which I am. Allison? Um, eight. So the two, the June 24th, June 25th, the 3
4: that just happened to in Oakland the concert like in theater yeah and will i be waking up cuz the next one is tomorrow right the replay at
2: 5 a.m. central time i'll be waking up to watch it before going to work so
4: yeah and i will watch i'm This is a real test of my love for my best friends of 20 years because we're hanging out. We've had these plans for over a year because Red, White, and Royal Blue comes out tomorrow on Amazon Prime.
2: Ooh, I love that.
4: And so we literally have had this in our like calendar since we read the book and we heard it was going to be made. And we're like, okay, this is it. And I'm like, "Uh, guys, um, sugar's going to (laughs) be So I'm like, we just have to wrap this up by like 8.50 so I can get
3: home. <laughs> Amazing. I also, yeah. at the beginning, I really avoided the, um because a lot of people live stream them on TikTok or whatever. And I was trying to avoid spoilers. Quote unquote. I don't know what I was doing, but I, I wasn't. But Leah, you watch those. So I think you've seen it the most.
1: But yeah,
3: how many times have you
1: seen it? How many times, Leah? How many times, Leah? <laughs>
3: So, I
0: saw so the very first show, I don't know if I counted or not. I watched it, but I was also podcasting that night for afternoon' delight. <laughs> so I watched it mostly with no sound. So I don't know if that counts or not. So I saw that. Then I saw the second night there. I saw uh, Newark. I saw one night in Chicago. I watched one night in LA not live these are not live these were like online um then I saw the two nights in Oakland I saw the night in Japan I saw Japan in the theater I watched um I think I saw one of the I saw Indonesia (laughs) I saw Singapore I saw (laughs) the two nights in Seoul (laughs) and then I saw the three nights
3: in Seoul (laughs) They sat fifteen times.
1: Yeah, I had to help (laughs) with my hands. (laughs) It's listen. I saw some. I mean, I saw some of Thailand,
0: but I didn't watch like a full. I didn't wake up and watch it live somewhere.
1: But I think that like, I it's it's amazing because, and I can't express this enough. Even though the show's the same, it's not. No, because there's like. You watch from, okay, if you were to go back and watch footage from night one, he's like business. Then he gets down the road and he's a little bit more relaxed and then like people are barking and then you get more down the road and now he's got like guests and then you get to like us and he's kind of like growling and like, you know, using the deeper voice and then you get, so like by the time he got to Seoul he was just like, I mean, I'm going to wear these like parachute pants and my shirt's going to be blown up by the wind or whatever, whatever concert that was. I mean, we get to this point where like, he just is like, F it. Like, here I am. I am. I've done this. How many times? I'm comfortable. Come with me on this journey. He's like, growling guttural yelling the she-ball evolved like from saying she like she-ball and he was like oh that's so cute he's cussing too she-ball like his whole body like he's like an exorcism of she-ball you know so like and then El Capitan
0: and he just having a she-ball party also one other thing to go in is the evolution of the galaxy phone photo op we yes we missed to not talk about how what I think was like an accidentally you know I think he was literally just trying to be like no no I have to rep my my company very quickly that turned into like you know the fandom seized up on it he was game to go along with it loved it no phone only galaxy
1: (laughs) no iPhone no iPhone he's never gonna miss an opportunity to shill a galaxy phone like he's it's, it's never gonna happen I will say there was one concert I believe in Indonesia, where he stopped and shook like an older gentleman's hand, which I thought was like really adorable because he was like walking by past him, realized that he was there like at barricade, which like, good for you, my guy. Like, you were at barricade, went back and like shook hands with him. And like, of course, the fandom's like, oh my God, grandpa meets grandpa, which, you know, I love because we all refer to him as grandpa sometimes. But like, those were so much fun. Like, he got to a point where, he was, it was like fun for him. Like we could tell he was having fun, you know? And that's to me what I thought was important and like really fun too, because those first couple of shows you could tell he was like, not really sure how this is going to go. Like, not that I'm going to never say he's nervous, but he was just like, what's my plan with like fan interaction and then it kind of evolved from there and like you guys were there when he got the flip phone which was like the delight of his life that night where he like ended up grabbing that girl's flip phone and he was like I don't even he like even put it on his Instagram so like the evolution of that was really great too I agree Leah.
3: I think he was nervous honestly and I think we'll find out as we do with him The degree to which he was later on, like when when D Day comes out and he's you know ends up, he's like, oh yeah, just like throwaway line. I was hospitalized for stress, like that kind of thing. And he did have
0: no more worries. I learned to have no more. Yeah, I'm
3: not worried about anything anymore. Like I will fall apart on the last show, but don't worry, it's because I don't have any concerns in my life. Like that's I've just reached that level now. Like so he's like slightly full of shit and like that's fine and that's okay. Like people are, but um. He tends to like, this is a very Canadian example, but often during the hockey playoffs, you find out after the fact that people had like broken sternums and all these things and they played through it. Like, we'll find out stuff like that about him. He did get sick, too. Yeah,
0: that's, I wanted um, to briefly on the sickness, yeah. uh, because I think, you know, again, when we talk when we finish up and get to the encores that we keep saying we're going to like get to and how he came on at the very end of the last night, like really he does love to tick that box, right? He loves to have a box to tick. And one of his boxes that he ticked was at the end of every kind of like segment of show, he would come on um, and do a live to kind of be like, thank you for like the New York, New Jersey, East Coast. Thank you for California. You know, he kind of loops in some of the places like, you know, Oakland and LA were looped in together, whatever, whatever. He did not do Japan because he was likely not well, like at all. And yeah, I think that that.
3: Um,
1: was there, a, was there a throwaway line where he said at one point that he was hospitalized or he went to the hospital for no, so like an IV? No.
3: I think he maybe did when he said, when he got back from Japan or something, maybe he did.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, he tends
3: think, to downplay it, but yeah. I think yeah. It was very,
1: it was like a quick reference because i remember seeing it reposted from one of like the accounts like the um bts accounts that said it was like from a tweet that said that you know at some point had said i had to go to the hospital to get an iv that doesn't mean he was hospitalized but like i mean he went and did that so who knows but yeah i mean we're probably going to find out more where he's (laughs) he's like oh yeah i had a surgery because xyz and we're like oh okay When we found
3: out, when we found out that he cried in bed between his parents, like, these are the kinds of things that come out later that I am glad I don't know at the time because I would not be able to handle it. So thank you for protecting me from that, because it's not something I would have been able to deal with.
0: In three years when he's like, I had walking pneumonia, Mm
2: -hmm. I
0: was crying. They had to fly my mom out to feed (laughs) and rock me like a baby. Yeah. We'll all have been past it. We'll all be like, okay, we have enough distance now. we be. can get, it's I mean, I'm still fine. stricken by this crawling between beds. Or I'm trying. I've tried to think what would it take for me to crawl between my parents, and cry I, right now. I cannot think like nor I. I can't. I couldn't do it.
1: And if I if I allow myself to then think about that, the context of that, and then amygdala and how he sings about his parents like it's a no-go for me I'll see you in a week yes of like processing yes. emotions you well, know what I'm saying because like yeah. that's where my mind went and then not to like belabor this point but like for me as a fan of bts as an ot7 and he is my bias record on any given day of the week it took me a long time and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way. It took me a long time to kind of connect with him. Cause I could never really read him in the beginning. Like I, I knew he was amazing. I knew he was a great rapper. I knew he was part of the rap line and all that stuff. But like, <clears throat> I could never really get like his personality. Like, I just didn't know. I was like, I don't know. Is he cold? Is he hot? Like, I'm not really sure what's going on. But the more that I like devoured content and the more that I watched and seen and listened and did, done all that. I realized like there's just a side to him that, like, I'm never going to get the whole part of it, but I'm going to get enough of a snippet for my heart to absolutely break. Right? I think
3: we did. I think we did get it, honestly, yeah. or we came very close on the last night. And I know we keep alluding to this and like maybe we should just go into it, but like thinking about him. So his parents, we know his parents were there the second night. Was it the second night or the first night? The first night. First so night. just the, Amygdala in that context was really heightened, like the meaning of it, and you know, he talks about them or sings about them specifically in the song. And um so so that was I got a little bit worried <laughs> when that happened, but it was fine. He was fine, it was fine. But um I think like like I said before, the emotion like really ramped up over the course of the three of the three nights. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what we'll end up finding out later, but I think we definitely saw more than I think I ever thought that we would.
1: No.
0: So I think so so- let's do this as a segue, maybe because we need to talk about those encore nights. Night one, we had the the Min family there. The Min's. We did. Min's
3: and the Kims. Yes,
0: right? the
1: rumor is that the Kims were also there.
3: Oh, no, I saw the Kims. Oh, they the look, Kims were there? I know what they look like, yeah. Okay. It's unfortunately, yes. Yeah, I mean,
1: I don't I want like, to.
0: If BTS no, I'm sad
3: it. that I I don't want to, That's, but yeah, I do. Your parents out, but I have
0: come across content that I'm not seeking out that is your parents. Sorry.
1: I just love, they didn't post a picture. Thank you. But I love that at one point when he yelled she ball, the um, Mrs. Kim and Mrs. Min like had a moment and we're like giggling to each other and that is like everything to me i was like oh my god i love it that's my favorite thing ever
3: i Um, loved watching his brother i think his brother um just going with the army bomb like being there i thought that was really nice
0: one of my favorite things that i saw on twitter was k army in the vicinity because actually they were very respect like in a way that members didn't get when they came to the shows um you know, I didn't see much of the Min family like in their seats, but there was like some written reports after, which it feels more like fair game to like storytell after the fact. Um And one was that, uh you know, Mr. Min sat a lot during the show and not, I think, bored, just, you know, for various reasons, people would sit in the show. But when amygdala came, uh Mrs. Min apparently strongly encouraged him to get to his feet, which you know, I mean, props to mom, right? Like, there's a reason why he sat there with his boat hat talking to El Capitan in the D-Day documentary saying, I miss my mom. I want to get mom- in my car to drive and see my mom right now.
1: Mama's baby right there. He's mama's little baby. Mama's baby. Ma- That's mama's boiled dumpling, if you will.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's so- a dumpling. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so night one, Night one was probably the hardest night for me in terms of timing. I think I was getting up at three for that. I think East Coast was six, correct? Mm-hmm.
2: That
3: was the best one for me, actually. It was me. the latest yeah, one. They got, they got, by the third one, I...
1: I didn't stay up. Okay. I apologized to our Instagram account and said, sorry, mama needed a nap. So I was like, I'm really sorry, it's not going to happen for me, but I'm happy that it happened for all of you.
2: <laughs> so night was,
1: when we get,
3: yeah. sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, Wasn't saying night when we get Jungkook. Yes, we do. He comes out and he does burn it. He does burn it. And I was quite delighted. I have to say I was not expecting it, even though I think they'd already said that they, he was there, but I thought they were there to watch. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect him to come out for that song. And um, he did a great job, even though he was very unhappy with his performance <laughs> and talked about it relentlessly four hours afterwards Bless
2: and him. talked about
3: repelling rappel- in from the ceiling <laughs> to perform the next day, asking staff to ask if he could come back. Really intense. Do you think
4: I was like scanning the grounds of the venue <laughs> before like yes. looking up with flashlights to make sure he wasn't up there mm-hmm. like ready to just
3: like come down? Yeah, I had to give him a tranquilizer dart.
1: Yeah, oh, they, have, like, his, they had like his baddest face on like little posters. Like <laughs> if you see this man,
2: do not please admit. stop
1: him. Do not <laughs> let him on stage. He I have to say, like, first of all, I love JK so much. For a number of different reasons. But one thing that I do like. Because I am very much like this. I will also replay a mistake in my head. Forever. I will wake up. I've made mistakes in my younger years. I still wake up sometimes in the morning. And it's like the first. Remember remember that time you did this? So I sympathized with him. I was like oh "Oh, poor baby. Because like you are not going to get over this anytime soon. Um, I love that he watched it again. Like he kept watching it, and every time he was like, "Right there is where I made the mistake." Like, oh, right, like even his face. Like one time he just watched it, he was, oh, I. That's what I did. So like, I, I love him for that. Um, but um, I think at some point Yungi came in and was like, "It wasn't that big of a deal. Like it was good. Yeah. You're good. Like you did good." And he was like, "Yeah, but can't I just?" pop in can i just like
3: are there staff watching can you ask if i can do it again tomorrow
1: i actually expected
0: at some point he would come back because it felt so heartfelt that i was thinking the last day that like when Burnett like i was expecting him to come back
3: oh he was asking for real if he could come back (laughs) i have no doubts about that i mean that's just what he's like
0: and then when Yungi came on too and like was talking him down a little bit like I mean it takes a lot for it's not often that Yoongi comments no. in the chat like it's a very rare day he comments in the chat and he commented 15 I I hate what my brain has in my head he commented <laughs> 15 times to JK that night he
3: was he was he was trying to make a point that it was okay I can imagine him just begging forgiveness and being like it's really not a big deal
0: literally no and I mean like look, like we love you JK and no one noticed
3: also yeah no I did not notice sorry maybe I'm a bad fan but I mean I've you
0: know gone back and I had to like look for it and I'm like oh my god okay yeah look it's it's a fun
3: it's fine it was now. professionally handled
1: and also like JK did you not hear the crowd did yeah. you not you he's they start singing like the the music started and then you hear his voice and then the crowd is like overwhelmed, like the sound that comes out of that crowd. So like, it was fine. Like, we love you anyway. You know what I'm saying? So like that part, like, it just cracks me up, but I get it. I'm like that too. Perfectionist. Like I would have been so mad at myself. I'd be like, I'm so cringe, you know? So,
4: so after guess- his catastrophic mistake. <laughs> He sang seven and that was amazing. I love that he, like, Yungi just walked off the stage. Like, okay,
3: you got it. Going on break. Yeah.
0: And we've seen a little bit about that too, of just, it is not common for an artist to give up the stage to someone else. I mean, when it's a full BTS show, yes, because they're cycling off and, you know, they're working through, but this was Yoongi stage and to have the amount like, and this isn't to like denigrate like Chris Martin and Coldplay and Jin, but like, you know, when, you know, astronaut came on at that concert, it wasn't like Coldplay was like, we're out spotlight, yeah. you know, so Jin it's just not done very much. And so the idea that like, he's just going to hand over prime real estate, knowing that they're. It really does show that when he's like, you know, like I'm in this to win it with BTS for the long run. Like he's not just saying it to give service and fan service. Like he means it a hundred percent.
3: I believe him more. I believe him more than anyone about that because, and he also, that's, that's one thing that we should mention too about the encore shows is that he integrated these clips of BTS into the show like into like a little video montage. That yes, seemed like an in memoriam, but it was just them interacting with Yungi, being on Suchita and other things like that, um, or run episodes. So that was new. Um, and yeah, just like seating the floor, like fully just letting them go. Because I think that he it, he wasn't just doing it for a break. Like, I think he really supports them and wanted them there and wanted, us to know that they were there too
1: yeah So Um, someone commented that the clips were the last time he was with them
4: with the so the 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 clips are
1: of like the last time they were all together like it's from one of the last run episodes and it's from like sutrita episodes that kind of thing um and i just want to add one more thing about jk's performance of seven he did part of lotto's rap which i thought was really fun Mm-hmm. When he did that, um and yeah. he did it really well. He so. did a really good job. Yeah, he was. I mean, that's I what mean, he
3: started off as. Like he was rapping in, the, in yeah. the early days, and
1: um, you know that song is just a bop, and the bop. the moves, like the choreography and all of that, it's bop. Yeah, it's a bop. He
3: he did say after tune in the Live that the army was saying uh, "fucking" instead of "loving," which, like, yeah, they were.
1: We were, um, yeah. and he was laughing. He's like, "Oh, they're saying the, the bad words." <laughs> it's like Uh uh-huh
3: that's right boy and then the the only addition to the set list is dear my friend which um he did it every of the all the three shows which is a really interesting choice because it's um one of the most i have to say like one of the most confessional songs he has like with the most detail where you can like really figure out what's going on and what he's talking about he tends to be fairly euphemistic a lot of the time um except for amygdala but that one too you can really tell what's going on and it's essentially about a friend of his who um went off the rails and got into drugs and tried to get him involved in drugs and ended up in prison and you could tell that for some reason even though this is from the first mixtape i think you mm-hmm. know my friend is it from yes. the first one um you can really tell that it's either still affects him or has taken on a different or new meaning or something, because it it seemed very fresh sort of his, his feelings about it.
2: So so he um,
0: substituted polar night, which was a song that I think we all really love from D day Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and put in "Dear my friend, which is I think another song that we all Mm -hmm. really love, but like you said, is very, um, very confessional. And one thing in the Dear My Friend song is it talked about um, like there's a line in it that talks about the winter feeling like there was a lot of snow and then a a metaphor to it tying to white tofu. And something that happens apparently when you get released out of Korean corrections is tofu is often given as a gift to kind of celebrate like a fresh start. Um, from like the beans and rice you might've received in like prison as a meal and just kind of it's seen as like a new, like you would give this to someone as they're leaving a
2: corrections facility to kind of be like, you're on a new journey. Okay, so night one, that's just like a taste. Night two. I mean. Night two.
0: So here's the other thing. You get rehearsals before the shows. And so like the buzz begins if you're like, you know, obsessively compulsive. And so, you know, I was waiting to see what was going to happen because when Shiga was like to JK, slow your roll, buddy, you're not coming on tomorrow. I was like, yeah, because we got things to do, my guy. Like we <laughs> have been watching the Tony Montana <laughs> match. We yet. have unfinished business. Big business waiting and we've I've been looking at those stupid matches for 15 shows fucking matches. <laughs> it is time and so yes all of a sudden the fans heard
2: both um, Tony
0: Montana uh, and like crazy playing from the dome during rehearsal so my confidence went from like a 93 percent to like okay I'm a solid 100 like this is happening tonight. So what is it about Tony Montana? Like why this? Like
2: what is what is this for you all? Okay, I'll go first. <laughs> um so for me
3: partly um it's the background on the song that um Yunkie wrote it for him and for Jimin and then Jimin didn't feel like it was a fit because of the lyrics and he complained to Namjoon about it instead of complaining to or speaking to Yungi about it and Yungi got very upset and so there's this history there about how it was fraught and he didn't feel like he fit the sort of more rapper slash gangster and i can say gangster in this context of tony montana
0: is this role. a song you would have written for pac g-man
3: no but <laughs> i trust yung's instincts
0: i was just gonna say um, like, i, mean, I, I don't also think it was a sh- i mean i can i can empathize
3: oh absolutely and let me tell you something if any other man wanted to speak to me about scarface i would tell him to get the fuck out of my house okay i'm not interested in that i don't want to see the posters i don't want to know about it is not someone to look up to okay but I'll, I'll allow it in this case but so i love the history of it i love how fraught it is i love how much jimin has come to love it and how it's such a fan favorite because there is no there's no subunits like that in that way or that that subunit has not existed besides that right and it is such a weird fit for jimin but he totally makes it work and um You know, even BTS makes fun of it. They say irreplaceable and they talk about it. They make jokes about it. It's just become such part of the lore to a degree. So it felt like, again, like a culmination of something. Like all these years in the making, finally it happens and we see it. And especially because we got, he teased us constantly with it. So we thought it was going to happen so much longer ago. To the point that Jimin was like, stop saying it because people are disappointed that it did not happen.
0: Well, this was, this is it too. I just think there is part of it that like he, so they did this the third muster, I believe. So seven years ago. 2016. Um, okay. um, And so at Suchuta, he brings up as he's like kind of looking like, he does like a, also like a weird head thing. He kind of like looks up like a little bit, like he's such a grandpa and he's kind of like, you need to come on my stage and do Tony Montana. And then Jimin does, like, a full office, like, look at the camera, like, this bitch, what? (laughs) And I mean, it's probably because, like, this has been planned, this is all happening, but now we have, like, instead of, like, a surprise show, we've got, like, Yungi loves to get his views and do his thing, and so he, like, starts to chill it, yeah. Then we had the famous Yunmin live that was at Newark, which is the first Jimin, Yoongi live in, like, since they were doing, like, video. The first one. The, the others were just the like diary things. Yeah. So this is the first like live, yeah, before, some of the diaries. And yeah, in that one, Jimin is like, you know, Yungi brings up Tiny Montana again. And that's when Jimin's like, dude, people like were expecting this <laughs> and you need to stop. <sighs> so yeah, we just waited and waited, not knowing, not knowing when. I think it was a very good choice not to do it the last night. I don't think that that was like the time of like, it felt like I understood why it was the penultimate night because we were still kind of in like party, like the penultimate night felt like party mode, you know, like we kicked it off nice with the family there with JK there. It's good feels. Then the second night was kind of like, yeah. Woohoo. Like middle, you know, it's middle. It's fun Like we're not the very first. We're not the end.
3: The she balls got louder. The thrust was was bigger. Yeah, like like it was it cybersome. was really we were reaching like you're saying like it was party time. Yeah, for sure.
0: So any thoughts on G-Man? First, I just want to say one and then I'll turn it over and I will stop talking. That night he wore his Hegem outfit. Big props to the Hegem outfit. But then we got the like crazy outfit. So we got like Hegem meets meet, like music video like Hegem meets like crazy G-Man. <laughs> and
1: i mean that's a that's a sight it's a sight it, i mean it was and for me personally tony montana was like i feel like it was a gift because that all happened before i was in the fandom and that like you guys were saying is like fandom lore and it's not something i ever thought i was going to see um and so to me, like I've said, you guys have heard me say on this podcast, it's not my fault that I want it. It's his fault that I want it. Because I would have never asked for it if you wouldn't have like dangled it in my face, right? Like I would have not been like, I want you to play this. And you, I would not have demanded this song, except you kept teasing that you were going to do this song. Um, and so I think that, again, Yungi is so in tune to BTS as a group and uh, and like the fandom as a whole, like ARMY, that like this was like the gift to ARMY um, these last, you know, as he's closing out this show. Um, and so I, I gasped, I was in bed watching it on a live stream and I gasped. I'm surprised my family didn't get like wake. My daughter was sleeping in my bed with me and I was like, I looked at her like, I'm sorry. Like, I hope I don't wake you up because this is amazing.
4: It was so fun cuz I had just seen the 2016 performance not too long ago. Tanya and I watched it and the difference between 2006, 2016, Yungi and Jimin doing Tony Montana and 2023 Yungi and Jimin doing Tony Montana was amazing. They don't even look at each other on the stage in 2016. They're it's a it's a big big stage. They're on completely opposite sides. They're not even looking at each other. It's amazing. You should go watch it. And then this time they're just like very excited about being there. And yeah, the energy was incredible. I'm glad. I'm glad that he fulfilled his promise to us and gave us Tony Montana because we got it on CD three of proof. But you can't find this, like, you can't pull it up, like, that version of it on Spotify or Apple Music. So it is special. The way their voices blend is incredible. The little growl that Jimin does, it's
1: perfect. I mean, I will just say about, I mean, it was so exciting, but Jungi had to leave the stage. Literally ghosted Jimin on the stage. And yeah. to the point that Jimin was like, um aren't isn't the host supposed to stay and like talk to me and then everybody laughed um also I have to say because I mean we talk about like crazy because obviously it's amazing but Jimin being so polite to like the stagehands he like takes his water and he's like hello how are you kid thanks like it, and the crowd goes oh because he's just so freaking cute. I just love him Oh Jimin. Yeah. So Jimin also
3: Jimin also um talked about Yungi quite a bit, like at the top when he when he started. Like he was of uh, and I don't I don't blame Jungkook or Namjoon Jun at all. It's just it's it's Jimin's thing as well. Like I'm not surprised at all, but he really sort of made a point of, you know, making fun of him as he would, but then also giving him credit. And and um it was nice. It was nice to to see him and just sort of he was being so informal and chatty in this like huge silent <laughs> arena everybody's just wrapped with attention because he has that top-notch star quality he's amazing and it was I was horizontal because it was you know five o'clock in the morning or something and then I heard the strains that of Tony Montana start and I just sat up like my body reacted before my mind did <laughs> it's like it's here it's happening
0: And something that sits with me, I think forever is that when I was like becoming curious about BTS and beginning to engage with content before ever seeing them live, a lot of the content I felt like I saw was kind of celebrating either Jimin being very sassy or very diva oriented. And so I think I went in with like some assumptions to my first show, the one that I saw where Allison, we had kind of just met. We didn't sit by each other, but we were both in the same venue um, in Los Angeles and I will never get over how struck I was that night by being like, I pegged this person. So no, I mean, I love a diva. I love a sassy diva. Don't get me wrong. And I mean, like, there's an element of Jimin that is a sassy diva, but the fact that he was such a team player, like deeply team player. And I think that Yoongi is too, like, you know, we've really seen this. And so I think that they really do align in just like a lot of generosity and a lot and so, yeah, again, not a knock to John Gook, not a knock to Don And They were both on their journeys for what they were going to do. But I do want to shout out that, like, Jimin, Jimin's a classy, awesome, lovely dude. And I really appreciated him, you know, giving Yungi shit because he deserves it for just running off the stage like he did all three nights. And he also, I was just glad to see him get praised because. I I can't praise this man enough for the show he's done. All right. So before we get into the final, let me do one more Discord. Is there any other thoughts to that that second night that anyone wants to get off their chest before we go back to Discord?
1: I was gonna say night two is when we get the real like D-Day remix. We've got a little bit of night one when um Yoongi goes and introduces the band, then he gets to L Cap and like they're talking. And then they do like a little remix and it's like fun. But then night two, like Leah said, it was like a party atmosphere. So then night two, he goes over there and they like she ball, you know, they do their whole thing. It's like, cute, and then like get into it. And I like start mixing and remixing the song and it's got like some house beats to it. And then like, Yungi's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like, at that point, the crowd is just like, well, yes to this. Amen to this. And that was a point at which I was like, they're going to have to cut that, that they're going to have to remix that song. He's going to have to remix that song and put it somewhere because that fandom's just going to go crazy at this point because there's no turning back, you know?
0: I mean, look, let's just buy D-Day the album live. I that's got to be coming, right? Like it's got to be coming. So, okay. So two other comments from uh, Patreon before we take on that final day. So um, another uh, point from Lena, one more topic to consider and this is going to be setting us up for what's to come. On Twitter, several prominent army accounts mentioned that fans should not be sharing photos of Yoongi crying. Meanwhile, many people did, mostly with good intentions. I think the code of conduct of not sharing those photos is the better path. He was being completely vulnerable with the audience. And while that can be shared with the world, it doesn't mean it should. As a new army, I'm not sure how to help enforce the norm though. So we can tackle that in a little bit. And then the other thing was from um, Cece, and that was praise for the drama of the staging and the story of the concerts themselves. I mean, the whole construction of the concert, telling a distinct story from start to finish with the videos, choreography, how he came and left the stage, moved around the space, the drama of the stage itself rising into the roof and shrinking. This was not a K-pop concert. It was a dramatic story set to music. Plus the fact that it was a physical feat pulled off by a single performer with the occasional surprises masterful and something that few, if any others could equal. Are you okay, Lexi?
3: Yeah. um, But let's start by not talking about that so that I can actually still talk. Um, I just want to say for night three, before we get into whatever we get into, um, I wanted to talk about um, June's song because um, I was very surprised by it. I, I was expecting an Indigo song and we got a new song, which is fine and really exciting, but it was such a quiet song. Like the juxtaposition to me was, um, it wasn't even just surprising. I was sort of like, not put off by it. I don't want to, I don't want to overstate it but it was really sort of felt at odds with the show. It was nice to have a quiet moment, but it was, you know, there's so much energy going into it, especially, um, you know, between the two of them. Like you don't, seeing the rap line, part of the rap line together again was really nice. Um, And also, you know, Hobie and and, um, Jin were there. So that was also exciting having that many of them there of them who are currently in the military and so I'm just curious for people I don't know if people are out about their biases so I'm not gonna like target anyone particular but okay so <laughs> I was just wondering what any people who care particularly about Namjoon um thought about that that song in the context of the show
1: I am a Namjoon bias I'm not shy about it and I had to sit with it for a minute because. I love that man and I love that the way that man's mind works and I think it was a very vulnerable thing that he did um it was surprising I agree and now that I've sat with it for a few days like now that I have really thought about it it was melancholy um, and it kind of like, if you think about foreshadowing it kind of foreshadowed the way the rest of the show was going to go, even though it was like kind of snip, smack dab in the middle and we still got some like upbeat, um, you know, songs and, you know, material after that. Um, I will say that there's something to be said about feeling comfortable enough to go in front of a stadium of people and sing a song that is obviously not done. Um, And so I have a lot of respect for that. And I think that there's something to be said too, that the trust between two artists, that Yungi was like, yeah, do that, do that. You have something that you want to do, do that. So um, yeah, I think... For me, the song is sad. It's about heartbreak and, you know, he's going through it. Um, not really sure what. He's going through something. And wonderful. I love when people process their whatever's happening in their life through their art. Um, I'm excited to see how it sounds when it's finished. And I wonder if this is something that we're not going to get until he gets back. I know that he's working on stuff but I wonder if that particular piece is like a Easter egg or like a crumb of what we're going to get later. He looked amazing. Um, I know that his hair is really short and he told us not to worry about that, but he's a damn liar because 12 friggin' hours later, we get this news about Yungi. So don't tell me that, Oh, I cut my hair cause it's hot. Because I don't believe you. Um, but you know, he posts his workout every day and it shows it shows. That whiteboard, it shows. So, yeah, I was, it was nice to see him. I will say, I, the sound that I made, try to make quietly when they showed that J Hope was there, I cried when I saw J Hope. I love, he, and he looks so good. Not that yeah. he wouldn't, but like, he's like, you know, yay, I'm here. And then immediately he salutes, which is like, I don't, I think that's a bit for him. And I love it. Maybe it's not a bit. But he's been doing it since, like, when he got the bong Tom bomb of him leaving and he, like, immediately salutes Jin. I almost feel like it's a bit, and I kind of love that about him. And then, of course, Jin is now eight hamsters across on the shoulders. Um, and I just don't know how many hamsters we have left to, like, They're how many hamsters, enough. right? Like, I don't don't know if there's enough emoji hamsters to go around. Because there's a side-by-side picture, I'll have to find it, of him in that shirt before he enlisted. And now that he has enlisted and, like, the hamsters are hamstering, okay? Like, I just, it was a lot. But, yeah, so we shall see. Also, like, I think about in the context of, like, also when you look at J-Hope has also, like, physique has changed. Like, you can tell, like, his shoulder, like, he's a lot wider than he was. And then I look at, like, Nam June, and I'm like, where are you going to buy your shirts? Who's tailoring for you? Because... There. Are, what are we going to do koyas across like i just what are we going to do
2: they have to eat in the army <laughs> you make them He'd, eat that's the thing <laughs> he
4: did it felt like to me he walked back the haircut comment. he's like don't worry my haircut is short it's because it's hot and he's he didn't say there's something about the way he worded it at least the way it was translated yeah. he's like it'll happen and you'll know when it does, or something to that effect. So it wasn't like I'm not going in anytime soon. He didn't give us that level of reassurance, but it was like, this is the reason why I come out here. The enlistment announcement will come.
3: The is translations I, were different. Yeah. There was like yeah. the Weaver's Insta translation varied from what the later translations from Lovely K Army online provided. Mm-hmm. And it was more, he was less dismissive of it in the 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 after the fact translation i felt like i started it was so good it was it was just it was so nice seeing them there too i i started crying at jim that was when i realized jim was there that was it for me i was like i just wasn't expecting it um and to see him with the army bomb and when the fan chant was happening, mouthing the names, I should probably stop here, but it was, it was, that got me going right away, because it was just, I just really did not expect both of them to, to be there, and it was a delight.
1: Yeah, and I, I I always say that I hope that they understand, like, the fan appreciation for them like I always hope that they know deep down inside I mean yes they sell a lot of albums they move a lot of units they you know do all these things but at the end of the day like we truly do care about them and who they are and so I was equally moved but also glad that especially Jin got to hear the fan chat he went first And a lot of life has happened since he entered the military. Do you know what I'm saying? Like we have, we've gone through so many cycles of things. We've done so many things and he's missed all of those things. You know what I'm saying? Like he's missed this big thing. He's missed this big thing. He's missed this big thing. So like for me, for him to be in that place, sitting with his members, watching this concert and then hearing the fan chant that was created to show the appreciation, like, Hey, we're still here. We are waiting for you. We are waiting for all of you. So do what you got to do because we're here. We're not going anywhere. And that, I really appreciate that. I was glad that J-Hope got to hear it too. J-Hope did get a little bit longer. He did get to see more of the things as they came about. But, you know, like even Jin's Sutrata episode, he said they recorded that before he went. And then he asked that it not get played until it was warm again. He has missed all of that. So for him to sit there and like mouth it and have the army bomb and sit there and enjoy it, that was so uh, it was heartwarming. It, it like was all the feels. And then that led into all the other feels that we're about to talk about. So who wants to start us off? So it started to, I mean, there were,
2: there was emotion burbling away
0: right? Like there were times we saw the burbles. Allison, do you want to speak to some? So I got, it was three o'clock in the morning, my time, night
4: three. And I was online waiting for the show to start. And then my best friend was on Instagram randomly. I'm like, what are you doing up? It is three o'clock. And she's like, oh, just can't sleep. She's like, what are you doing up? And so I showed her the picture of like Yungi on stage. And at this point it was 20 minutes in. And I texted her. I was like, I'm already crying because he's crying. So he started 20 minutes in, got it back together, did the middle part of the show. And then it was, and that's like, I s- cried in 20 minutes. I cried at Hobie and Jin. And then I was like, I didn't cry anymore because I was like, I have to, I have to keep it together.
0: <laughs> yeah, I noticed the verbal start. I didn't cry. I was kind of in like a disassociate. I mean, I was, when I say I'm tired, that doesn't mean I wasn't present. It's just that like, you know, there's like you go into like at some point, like a protective disassociative state. And I think I was there. Then we, then with snooze, we really start to go like, we really start to lean into the feels. I hung on through snooze. And as snooze was ending, I was like, because I'd been really present watching. I was like, oh my God, we have to get through Dear My Friend and Amygdala. I was like, what's going to happen? During Dear My Friend, I mean, like, look, I don't want to like belabor it. He was emotional. He had feelings. I think that what those feelings are you know, he knows what those feelings were. What I can say I observed was like many different feelings. It wasn't like it was like a feeling. It was just like all feelings. And so rather than try to analyze like what they were, I think what I could say is that I have always liked him as my bias since like I kind of aligned with him Because the compartmentalization feels very relatable to me. And like, I live my life very compartmentalized in many ways. And I feel like there's times where, I mean, there's just many aspects that we love about him. Like he's got so much duality between like being edgy and super cool and like super dorky and wearing a boat hat and missing his mom. Like there's a lot of different sides to him. And yet he always like seems to like, he were we saw a little bit in that D-Day documentary of like, you know, like there's times where he has so much confidence and he puts himself into the stretch zone so much that obviously like, it's hard to have that much bravery to be in that much of a stretch zone all the time. And he'll allude later, like, Oh, this was very difficult. I had a hard time. I went to the hospital. I cried with my parents, whatever. So we hear about it, but we're not there. I felt like that night he basically lost all the barriers that we would more like we would put up between ourselves as human beings to function in the world to have like some safety to like hide our little protective underbellies from each other and exist I felt like all of that stripped away and I felt like he had no more armor and then as a fan even watching on a computer in the United States I then had no armor and I felt like I was having this like human to human connection and being aware that he was having that with millions of people and how extraordinary that is and how much that's just not a thing that we do as homo sapiens in this world. (laughs) You know, like it's a very vulnerable state to be
1: in. I've watched a lot of concerts. I've watched them online. I've watched them in person. I'm a music person. I've seen a lot of like end of the road shows. You know what I'm saying? Like this, they're going to retire. They don't like, I'm not saying BTS is doing that, but you know, there's been like, this is our tour that we're doing and it's our farewell tour or whatever. And they're going to go do whatever they're going to do after. And I don't know that I've ever seen an artist display this much emotion on stage and continue to display it. And that's the part that really struck me. That's the part, like my husband asked me the next day, hey, how was the concert? He knew I was staying up for it. And I said, you know, I have never experienced something that in my life, he cried like the last half of this concert. And like, like the, he, his body was shaking, like he was sobbing. Um, and it was such an experience that it, not that it surprised me. It, what surprised me was that he allowed himself to continue to be in that state of emotion and to me that is a gift as a fan but it is also a testament to the like the kind of artist that he is because to me this felt very much when they say leave it on the stage he left that shit on the stage he went out there he gave the performance of a fucking lifetime and then he walked he came back. He did some thank yous. He, you know, we haven't got to the tattoo yet. He finally showed off his number seven, but like to watch him go from a little bit of tears to a little bit more tears, to visibly crying, to visibly sobbing, okay? Head down, shoulders shaking, to me was a big deal. It showed his trust in his fans. It showed his trust in the people that were around him. Um, it sh- and it showed his trust in himself and in his art. And that to me was a big deal. I don't know that I will ever see a concert that is on this level of emotion. Like, I don't know that I will ever be moved in this way. That I still talked about it five days. I'm talking about it five days later. I've talked about it every day this week to different people in my life. I don't know that I will ever see a show of that caliber that has that much emotion in it. Um, And we haven't even got to the points of the storytelling that really tie this all together. Because to me, that's even, when I think about the storytelling and how this show ended, it's like, I'm speechless about it. I just, I I can believe it because it's him, but it was like masterful in the way that it was done. I can't really talk about this very much,
3: Um, but I will say that I never want to hear ever again from anybody that here, they're inauthentic in any way, shape or form. It's a slur at this point. And I think that if anything um, proves that that isn't the case, it was, it was that night. Um, It's the easiest way for people to dismiss K-pop. And
2: uh, this was anything but that. Allison, anything you want to share? Megan
4: alluded to this a minute ago, but just like the wrapping up of the concert, him walking out of the door, like opening the door and walking out, um, that part didn't fully hit me until the next day. It was very clear for the second half of the show that we were watching somebody who had healed and done the work um, and was able to sort of trust their emotional process enough to share it with everybody that was watching it. Like that was abundantly clear. I don't think it hit me until the next day when I was like going for a walk and just thinking about the concert and then looking at different clips of what we were able to witness in terms of his vulnerability and his just like saying, here I am. And that is where I will get teary <laughs> because it's so powerful.
2: It's powerful and it's beautiful to watch somebody heal and to be a part of it.
1: Can I talk about the door for a minute? Because I said out loud to no one in particular, because my husband was asleep, not the fucking door. The door ended me because I said in the podcast about the music video, what bothered me the most is that his younger self and his older self could not meet. That door was locked. That door was stuck. And that's how that music video ended. It ended with them both on the opposite sides of the door and that man, op- not only did that man open that door with fucking ease, he waltzed through it as if it wasn't a big deal anymore. And that part got, first of all, before he even goes to the door, he bows a deep bow, which to me was already the start of it. But before that, he was, I could see the door and I was like, not the fucking door. And then he deep bows. And then he walks up to the door and it opens. And once that happened, I was like, okay, this is it. This is, he has done the thing. He did the whole damn thing. And so he opens the door with ease. It's no longer stuck. Not only does he walk through it, but he turns around and smiles and waves. And then he shuts the fucking door. So it's no surprise that we got a big hit message the next day. But I was still shocked because I still had not finished processing the fact that this man, Took this song, this concept of being stuck, of being stuck somewhere, being stuck in emotion, of being stuck in regret and being stuck in his future and figure that shit out. And we watched it happen in real time, whether we realized it at the time or not. And then at the very end, the one thing he could not do, younger self meeting present self, met, waved goodbye, smiled, closure. He closed the door. And that was it. Lights up. And I don't again, I don't know that I will ever see something like that from an artist again. It it blows my mind. It blows my mind.
3: And then it said future's gonna be okay.
1: And then and then how dare you! It says future's gonna be okay. And we're all wrecked.
0: So Okay. Because I mean, this is, I don't want to have everyone crying. He's cried. We've cried. Everyone's cried. I mean, I was making whale sounds that night. I'm not crying tonight, but when it was happening, I was in a room and when I'm, I'm not exaggerating. I think there was something going on that was somewhere around the lines of just like, oh, filling <laughs> keep space. this space. Like it was just like, I just let it go. It was just like, oh my God. I want to just touch on one thing because it is a fan favorite of something else he planned and hung on to. And it was a moment of levity that was lovely and sweet. (laughs) When, So, okay, just to set the stage, like it was like night one or two, there was like a photo that went around of him where his shirt had been cut and tailored. So we could see that like they'd taken his t-shirt and they'd kind of tank topped it a little bit. But then he also, just so that like, God forbid we see like a nipple Or any peck, like he had like another little tank underneath the shirt and then his jacket. And anyway, I just noticed it was like, that's funny, but also it looks hot. Another thing is we know this man sleeps hot, given what he's talked about in like member stories where they've discussed how his mattress had to be taken away and destroyed. The man sweats like he really there's a lot of sweat coming out sweat wet, got it coming out your pores. And um, and so, yeah, he had a moment where, well, first he almost fell off the stage, his tiny little stage. He had a wobble, almost fell off because that's like how discombobulated he was. But he was also, like you said, Allison, he's done the work, he's healed. Like He almost fell off the stage, but he was also like at that point, just rolling with it. Like he wasn't going to be like JK that night being like, oh my God, I almost fell off the stage. He was kind of like, whatever. Like I almost fell off the stage. It's fine.
4: He just said, let's pretend that
0: didn't happen. And then moved on. And it was funny. And I don't think he probably ever really thought about it again, as he should not. And so he does like, is it getting hot in here? (laughs) Like, because he is a nerd at heart somehow. (laughs) loser. And does like, yeah, he started to shrug out. I, I mean, I was slow. I didn't get what was I was like, oh my God, is he going to like strip that off? Or we're going to get some like little white Yungi noodle arms out because like I'm here for it. I mean, I am here for it, but it took me like, I think everyone did. And then all of a sudden you see the stupid little seven. Of course it's on the shoulder. Of course it's next to his little scars.
3: And he loved it. He loved it. If yeah. you see, because the vantage point we saw was was it. But if you see his face as he watches the crowd react, it's just pure delight. He's so happy.
1: It's like, oh, I mean, I'm not going to say it because it's like I just feel like he's like so you want to see my tattoo? <laughs> is it hot in here or is it just me? Also, I will never, ever shut up. Like about the fact that the stylist will cut the sleeves off those shirts and then layer other shirts on top of it I'll never shut up about that stop doing that give us the arms okay just let it like let it breathe okay I think Um, he doesn't
3: want to give the arms I don't
1: think he does either but I did as soon as he started taking it off I was like Leah I was like is he take off we've never seen his arms before like what's happening and then I saw it and I was like oh shit and then of course the crowd and from what I understand this is people got scared I guess on the streets there were armies out in the world all over the world that night and we're live streaming it like wherever they were and there were a few places in the world where women started screaming and like they were like oh my god are you guys okay because of course I would have Right. Like if we were all together watching it, we they would have called the police and been like, there is obviously an emergency at this this house because it's this time in the morning when all these people are screaming. So I don't know. I just think we got it.
2: Yeah.
0: I posit that he does have some choice to the uh, multiple layers of strange things he's wearing under his shirt, because Pak Ji Min, as we saw sitting in his show night, too, like when he came up to watch the show, i man's just chilling in a little tiny tank top. Like there's nothing else. It's not like he's got like something like a bandeau underneath it. He's just living his life. Um, I also don't want to take this too crude, but I have I feel like it has to be said that this man is an expert at edging. A hundred percent. Like he Tony Montana and the tattoo, he knew he knew that the thirsty bitches, and I mean that in all gendered terms, all of with great them. affection, were just, like, into it, and so he played with that, I mean, I think for him, it's delightful sometimes to be, to be, like, wait, I am a sex symbol, like,
1: I think it's, like, a, yeah, <laughs> I want, I, like, I still think about, because it does come up every once in a while, like, TikTok or instagram where they were like where's your tattoo and he like does that like i don't know where is my tattoo like he does that like flirty like with his shoulders at that radio show and i'm oh, like wh- why but also yeah you're adorable so but okay. it's not even
3: good flirting it's like weird and <laughs> <laughs> such a dork move i mean look i say it lovingly don't get me wrong but i think he uh, that that's part of the things the thing with him is, and I've said this often to Leah, that he's super predictable in a lot of ways, but very unpredictable and surprising in others. So there's some things like, like Leah mentioned, the box taking, where we knew we were going to get alive at the end of a certain number of shows. Even this one, where he fell apart in, you know, the the last part, we still got alive after a slightly sheepish life, but we got alive. And um, this was box ticking, but it, I don't mean it in a in a way like it was rote or anything like that. Like he did it because he wanted to do it for us because he knew that he knows that we like it and he wants to do things that we like. I mean, it's that simple and it sounds simplistic, but for him, like when he, when he posts, I think he really thinks like, my fans want you to see this and then posts it. And so that's what, that's absolutely what that was but like I said his face the delight he takes in it that's the part that always surprises me is just the weird the weird um faces and like very fraught complex feelings that he has about things that just sort of come out like from nowhere sometimes um it it makes him very surprising but also you can you know you can program a clock by him, in a way. At the same time.
2: Yeah, I had to. I had to immediately go to bed after
4: the show because I was tired after staying up for three nights. But when I watched
3: the live afterwards,
4: he's like, "I just don't get it. Like, what's what's the big deal about this tattoo?" And I was like, "You you know, you know."
3: But he what says that. He says that, and then he flexes when he's showing yeah. it. So oh, please,
2: this tattoo. What's the big deal? Don't lie. <laughs> the flex the flex
0: i mean not only does he get his little noodle arm out and i mean i'm saying this with affection like you know whatever i i have to like make fun of it so i don't get consumed by it and so yeah but he turns and then has that little vanity flex and he also just looks like a washcloth that's been wrung out and I mean that in an adorable way. Like he still looks vulnerable and kind of just like, I just hope he had good aftercare that night. He said he was going to go drink with members, eat some delicious food. I mean, he even got into it where he's like talking to Army, like, don't even worry about dieting tonight. Just eat things that are delicious. It was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, Did you want to...
1: Because we can edit this part out. Did you want to talk about sharing pictures of him crying? Um,
0: you know, let's talk about sharing pictures. And I think this can be like an uncensored episode. Essentially, this is so long. I think we can just Mm kind of this as an uncensored for the most part. And yeah, does anyone have any thoughts? And then I want to go into enlistment. And then I think this is like a two-hour plus pod. So sorry,
1: guys. (laughs) Um, Um, I. I'm going to talk about, can I talk about it a little bit? Because I do a lot of the content work for the podcast account on Instagram. And I also, you know, go to TikTok for like things to figure out. Is this real? I go on Twitter. Is this real? Is this really happening? I'm on Weverse, you know, whatever. And I will say I got some pushback last week because I, for a full 24 hours, referred to JK as Ian um, because in the sphere of the Bongtong universe, he outed himself on TikTok. He had a TikTok account and his username was Ian, and then he remedied that and it's let let Jung Cook Seven or something now. Anyway, I follow him on TikTok. It's fine. Um, and I for like a full twenty four hours was like joking like, oh my, like Ian, 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 and I did get some pushback. Like he has, you know, don't you think? I mean that someone basically said. I mean this in a respectful way, but don't you think you should stop calling him that since he's asked army specifically not to call him that. And so it gave me pause. I was like, okay, fair enough. Right. Like fair enough. He has expressed that that's not what he likes to do, but also, um, we're friends. He treats me like he's my, like, we're friends. He's doing laundry with me at 4am. Obviously I'm going to razz him a little bit, but that's neither here nor there. So I'm just saying, in the context of that, it didn't occur to me at the time, I did share one or two photos from the live stream of Yungi crying. And I did it in a way, I wasn't laughing at him, I wasn't disrespectful, I wasn't pointing out that he was an emotional person. I was pointing out my respect. I was sharing my respect for him, I was sharing how vulnerable it was and how emotional the concert was. And I only did it for like those 24 hours. It was up right after the concert. Um, I don't, I, our account personally, I know did not do anything excessive in sharing his photos of him crying or breaking down at the concert, but um, they were shared and they were shared immediately. They were shared as the concert was still going on. I was getting notifications of new things popping up on social and they were pictures of him and video of him crying. So for me, I think in situations like this, it was, if it's being done in a respectful way, I don't think that it's like, uh, for me, a frown upon thing because I was very respectful of him sharing that emotion. I also feel like, they didn't confiscate phones. This wasn't a arena or a concert where they had to, everyone had to put their phones away. There have been some events like that in the past with K-pop and BTS, where you could not have your phone with you. This was not one of those events. So I felt like it was okay to share those things. I don't know about you guys. I just feel like I, I don't feel like we did it as excessively and I would never go on there and be like, Oh my God, look at him. He cried. Uh, I would just, I wouldn't do that about anybody. Do you know what I'm saying? Especially in the context of how emotional this was and the kind of artist that he is.
0: Yeah, for me, I feel like there's like archival val- like value in it. Like we can't pretend collectively it didn't happen. And I don't think like that's the intent. I don't think he would want that. So I think it becomes like, when you're sharing content like that, what's the intent behind it? And if you want to like meme something to be like, oh, this is a sad thing as a joke. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's a joke, like, No, that is inappropriate. Like if you meme it to make a joke out of it, that's not okay. But having the footage as like this happened factually, I feel like, yeah, it did. And it's not like you're like showing Mr. Min in his seat as a private citizen crying, which I have no evidence happened or didn't, but I'm just saying that like that would not be okay. But that was his stage. That was his house to use Halsey's words. I think that that's fair. It's just, what's the intent of that sharing centers, if it's okay or not.
3: I agree that it's contextual. I, uh, I'm not, I personally, and this is not a slight on anyone else, but I'm not able to, I'm just like, I don't cope well with things like that. So I'm just like, don't look at it. And I haven't, I haven't watched it. I won't rewatch the third show or not that part of it um, because I can't basically, But um, yeah, I mean, it did happen. I don't think he would want people to pretend it hadn't. I don't think, I think he was maybe slightly embarrassed, but I don't think he's ashamed of it. Um, And he shouldn't be. Um, However, I did see some posts that more than memeing it, were just sort of like these pictorial spreads of Jungian pain and that I had trouble with like I found that there was excessive posting where it was almost um it was weird it was like pain porn like I don't know I I don't I don't like seeing them sad and in pain and not in that much detail and not in a full um set of 10 pictures on Instagram in like huge HD detail I don't know I mean that's very personal and I I'm I'm not saying I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that those weren't shared with ill intent, but there has to be an understanding that this is a real person with real emotions and we shouldn't be glorifying or, or like reveling in how sad he was because it wasn't just sadness, but it it was deeply emotional. So yeah, it happened for sure. But I think there is like a taste level maybe that that's associated with it as well. Um, So that's, that's my only my only caveat to, to your points.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I want to honor the fact that like, have you ever watched again, Jungie seeing his family in the dome, you know, in 2000. No. And
3: I, I mean, I saw that by accident once and I'll never ever watch it again. And I skip it when I see it and that gets shared a ton of times because people like, I don't know, I just can't do it. I can't see any of them. I can't do it.
0: Yeah. And so I think, again, it's just centering, like, with yourself, what's your intent? Why are you doing it? And don't make a joke out of it. And don't be disrespectful. And you'll probably that's, that would be my rule of thumb is, you know,
1: in life, if if Min Gi
0: was there watching you do the
3: thing, would you feel like that's okay? Or would you feel like you're being
2: an Mm act?
0: Basically, that should be the rule.
3: We had people filming the members in the audience watching the shows and um, it's a bit self-serving because partly I do want to see their reactions and I want to know what's happening but there is a clip that's circulating where um, Jimin very clearly gestures to the person filming to turn around and look at Yungi. and with no self-awareness whatsoever the person just keeps filming oh, yeah. and I think there's. What did
1: you just die? Wouldn't I you would, just I would. die if Jimin looked at you like that? I wouldn't ashes and it's like fairly
3: fairly mild but for him it's it's pretty uh, so I I think like it's it's tricky because there's things that you you want to see especially like we were watching it live not everyone has the means to watch it live it's very expensive not everybody can be up at that time etc so there's all kinds of reasons that yes okay make it available but there's levels and if you don't have those instincts those good instincts about what's right and what's wrong then i don't think we can necessarily explain it to you either at the same time not that it's not a valid question and especially for new army because it is it is very difficult to navigate at first but if your instinct is that you would not share then that's as right as somebody who thinks that they they should it's what you think is is right Yeah. And it's good to have conversations. And I do
0: think there's nuance. The only thing that's not nuance is if Park Jimin is telling you to turn your ass around and pay attention to the Mingyugi, you turn around and you put your phone away and you stop filming because I have horrible embarrassment for whoever that person was. But to end on a positive, well, no, actually, we're not ending on a positive. (laughs) Okay. We've got one more thing to go. One more
1: thing, and then we'll end it on a positive note. How about that?
3: It's more positive than we may be thought at first. Yeah, okay, so
0: Lexi has done some deep diving on the military aspect. I do think it's salient to close out this monster pod.
3: I will one minute it. Um, so essentially we think that because of his shoulder injury, Yungi will be um, serving as a social service agent and they are, it's a form of alternative military service where people who, fail or get classified a certain way in the physical exam perform various services in society so it can be a lot of things it can be a lot of the time apparently they are assigned to old folks homes um, or centers for um, caring for disabled children Um, but it can be even like dealing with sewage scraping gum (laughs) like we talk about in the soul metro there's all kinds of things that can happen and one of the questions that we had was a how long is it because there's all kinds of answers on the internet about that and second question can he go home at night and so the answer to question number one is that it is 21 months and um even though you see two years sometimes it's actually 21 months i calculated it with other idols who had social services um um that serves social service because of different issues that they had. It can be a psychological or physical issue. And they all did 21 months. This is COVID and post COVID. So it won't be a full two years. He still has to do three weeks of basic military training. And then after is discharged and become sort of like a reservist um, and is doing that service. He can't have a second job at the same time unless he is going to suffer uh, financial duress, which I don't think he will. Um, so he can record whatever he wants in his house, but he can't make any money out of it um, at at the time. And um, so they actually do essentially seem to work nine to fives with two days off a week. And if he's not assigned to a military camp, he will be able to go home at night to his own house. And that is reassuring to me. He might work night shifts, but he would still be going back to his to his own house. So those are the things that we were waiting for clarification. Somebody updated the Wikipedia entry for uh, social service agents for, I believe for us white people <laughs> to understand what was going to be going on. So thank you to that person who did that because there's a lot more detail there than there was previously.
2: Or just non-Koreans in general. (laughs) Sure. Um, The West. The West.
0: Um, So yeah, we'll see what that all looks like. I would like, I saw somebody just just like, you know, on social media, you know, good and bad in social media, but people can be very funny sometimes, even though Taehyung thinks ARMY's not funny, ARMY can be funny. But somebody was like, can there be just an exemption for Yoongi's (laughs) hair? Can his hair just get the exemption <laughs> and I felt that
1: I love that I really want him to go to an old folks home that's what I want I feel like he would like that is like he would serve so well there I can just see him like talking old stories with the folks and like eating food you know just whatever it is like I just I don't know I have this he's got such a like cool vibe don't, it's so hard to like pinpoint him sometimes because he's like, I'm a rapper. I'm a hip-hop artist. I'm all these things. Also, I'm like this really cool guy in a voter hat. I'm going to sit here and cry about my mom for a little bit. It's cool, guys. It's like, I'm awesome. I am world famous. Don't worry about it. <laughs> also, for a minute, I just need to get this out there. that um, You mentioned that video where Yoongi, I don't know what year it is. They're young. um, At the dome, and he spots his parents in the audience. He starts crying. Same dome same dome yeah ended at the same dome so let's get emotional (laughs) i did it yeah i mean it there's a video i won't send it to you don't worry um of the two clips together the two clips together of him when he's young and then him now i won't it's fine (laughs) it's it's fine what i my question to you guys to wrap this up let's wrap it up with some fun What is, what was your favorite thing about these last three nights?
2: And it can all be the same answer. It's fine. I have multiple favorite things. Go
4: for it. I want to hear them. (laughs) Tony Montana, obviously, because Tony Montana, El Capitan is now my bias, my bias wrecker. Like I have... A big old love for him and his glittery locks that will not be cut off. I'm assuming anytime soon. So just like watching those two vibe and do their little mix, and then I watched a clip of the documentary, and his hair is much shorter, and he's just like, "All right, all right, sugar, whatever you say, just." He was the best part of the show when that he got to be on stage, and he seemed to thoroughly
2: enjoy it.
3: I also um, have to shout out El Capitan for when Yungi came back from the break after he had essentially broken down on stage, and he walked back up, um, and El Capitan shouted out uh, at top volume that uh, Min Yungi I love you, Um, that broke the tension, made him laugh. um, And I think it was very heartfelt. Um, They all seem very devoted to each other. And um, that was lovely. And also I like Tony Montana.
0: Tony Montana for me as well um Seokjin mouthing the fan chant was another and look I don't know how to say it because did I like it I don't like it but I'm gonna go with the breakdown was to me one of the most beautiful things that I've ever been privileged to witness in my life and <laughs> I remember when he announced his show and Lexi was like you know what what if we get Ernest singing like what if we get Ernest singing, it's gonna wreck me. Not only did we get Ernest singing for every show, every point in this concert had Ernest singing. At the end, like I said, we just had this like transcendental moment of what it means to be human that will sit with me for the rest of my life.
1: I thoroughly enjoyed Tony Montana. It is one of the highlights, but for me, um, his version of life goes on is what I will take away from this concert forever. And it's the point of the concert or the point in the shows, all of his shows where he started doing the intro, the piano playing intro, kind of un, like, he just was like, I'm gonna do this. And that part is so beautiful to me. It's so beautiful live. I still don't understand how a song could be better live, but it is. And then we get the fan chant. So that was like the evolution of that song and how meaningful that song will be. And I have high hopes but also really believe that when they all return to us and are touring again we will probably get that version and maybe they'll all do it together i feel like that's probably something that will happen that song will keep evolving um because it's just so beautiful and he just did it so well um and also the door because i still can't believe that he wrapped that story like that it was like leah said it was beautiful it was a privilege. Uh, Sometimes, you know, Army, the fandom is kind of crazy. It's overwhelming. It's emotional, but it's a real privilege to watch an artist art. And I don't know that we, I don't know that we get that a lot in real time. So, you know, we talk about it after they're gone. We talk about it, you know, what in history, but to watch it play out in real time is a real privilege.
0: I think that's a great note to go out on is that we got to watch an artist all right. All right, well, much more to come. We will be letting Kim Tae-young enter the fold soon. Pick and, something? Yeah, discussing more and yeah. All I mean at this point I feel emotionally spent <laughs> and I uh really appreciate having been in the trenches with you all in particular the reason we chose each other to talk about this show with was we were all together every night for those three encore shows and I feel like it was an emotional journey and I am so happy to have done it with the three of you mm-hmm.
2: yep absolutely so yep. Jorge hey. Jorge, Jorge. Jorge. Can't
4: get enough of BTS? Cool. Neither can we. So between shows, why don't you hop on over to at Afternoon Army on Instagram and join the conversation? Want to support us as a newer podcast hitting the scene? Share the love by leaving us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. And last, but certainly not least, don't forget to check out the other pod in our network, Afternoon Delight K Drama. Deep dives from three romance authors with new episodes every Wednesday.